Did you miss the Game Toppers Kickstarter? Well, guess what? He has the late pledge open right now. This is the Game Toppers Kickstarter 3.0. New mats, new tables, and tables with legs. Tony, you love yours, don't you? Love my Game Topper. Matter of fact, this weekend when I had a little spare time, I took those gorgeous mats out there and I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to scotch guard these bad boys because Berkey promised me that I could. And I took him for his word, and I started scotch guarding those mats. Have you ever read the instructions to scotch guard? See, now you now you made me squirrel. It's been, Don't it, make it, me squirrel. It's been a very long time. Yeah, see, I've already squirreled. Let me go. Well, I'm going to finish it. It says that you're supposed to spray a small color in the hidden area. Well, you can't hide on a mat. It's all exposed there, because if you flip it over, you're just spraying the back neoprene on the back of these mats, which are very nice, by the way. But I did that, and then it says, rub it real hard, and if the color comes off then don't use it i'm like what kind of instructions is this rub it real hard i mean ugh, give me a break but yes i scotch guarded them i had no issues with that now my mats are protected from when marty comes and spills his drink yeah and that will happen which reminds me i should probably get scotch guard and do the same thing fantastic mats fantastic products Again, late pledge is open now. Go check it out whether you want mats, tables, or legs to add to existing tables. To find out more, head over to GameToppersLLC.com. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names. Today, the guys review Brew, City Builders, and For What Remains. They are excited and talk about a few games announced at E3, and they're wondering how well do you know your game pieces? Name that bit. You can enter to win $25 from Miniature Market. Welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. This is episode number 232, Wasted Days and Wasted Nights. I'm Tony. I am Marty so behind. You're so behind. What? I don't know. It's, he says something about the words are behind or something like that. I couldn't. The lyrics just kind of left me. And I forgot it. Freddie who? Freddie Fender. Freddie Fender. Did this guy ever do anything else? Oh my gosh, yes. Tons of country hits. Tons. Tons, oh, I'm telling you. Okay, okay. I just remember that being on the radio a lot. Yes, it was It was on the radio constantly, but why in the world would I say wasted days and wasted nights on this podcast? I have no clue. Because I finally hooked up my PlayStation 5. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a minute. We got so we have a special video game segment. Are you going to put it in there or are you going to, are you going to wait? I'll wait. I'll, that's fine, but that's where it's coming from. It's funny. Tony, you've gotten a PlayStation. We're heavily into the Switch. All of a sudden, like video games are like a big part of our lives again. So we have a segment later on. Where we're going to be talking about uh, a lot of stuff, including including the new Rage on Steam from Richard Garfield, the guy who made Magic: The Gathering Rogue Book, which is a solid game. We'll be talking about later. Which you know you've been, pointed out to me many times that my computer can't play anything other than uh, Minesweeper. So <laughs> you know, I'll just have to wait for your opinion on that, and that's and that's fine. I I can live with that. I know I'm you can because you can always live with that. You know, if I was to, you all don't know how many times I have removed the phrase. I'm okay with that from our show over the years. He says it so many times. That's fine. And I'm okay with that. That's fine. I'm okay with you. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it is what I. It is what it is. Oh, it's uh, so funny. I can't help it. It's that's. I say it in meetings. I'm like, fine. I'm okay with that. Let's move on, please. Let's move to the next segment. Let's move to the next agenda item. You're killing my time here. I am wanting you to move on. But I will say one thing very important recently happened to uh, the Rolling Dice and Taking Names show. What what was that? McAllister had their National Tea Day. Oh, baby. Tony, we got a story. We got a story to tell. Go for it, man. So first off, one of these things, uh, our um, gaming, unfortunately, our local game store, which we love to visit, has gotten very crowded. And that is awesome. Mm Mm-hmm great for them. However, that means that getting a table, getting there early is very difficult. A local, it's a chain and I don't know who all has McAllister's, but um, there's a McAllister's located down near where Marty uh, works. It's where Bert works and it's also where Mark Kell lives. <laughs> right. You're the only one inconvenienced by this, I guess. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, and if traffic ever gets back to normal, I won't get there till 7, 8 p.m. at night. <laughs> Plain, that's uh, We're going to have to find another. We'll go to the McAllister's at the uh, food court in our local mall. There you go. But, so we're going there and, you know, get a little supper, get a little drink, free refills, all is good. But then McAllister's... Hold on, for, the, yeah. for, for those who don't know, in the South, sometimes we call dinner supper. Supper. I get picked on that. So what is supper? It's basically dinner for those who, who don't know. Because you always came to supper at 6 p.m. Oh, yeah, exactly. Dinner was uh, either I don't know what, later I or don't earlier. Know, I don't know what dinner is. I, we had breakfast, lunch, and supper. That's it. Uh, plain and simple. Uh, but I'm okay with that. And the, <laughs> Okay. I'll stop saying it. Okay. <laughs> now you're now you're making me self-conscious. Anyway, back to McAllister's. So they sent out an email that said, hey, it's National Tea Day. And what this is, McAllister's will offer for the first 20 in line a free 32-ounce-ish tumbler yes. that you can use throughout the year and get 99-cent refills. But the first 20 who buy something will get a free one. Plus, you will get a month of free tea. Mm-hmm. And you're good to go. And so now... I, I email this to Marty and I go, Marty, are we, are you ready for tomorrow? Are you, what's going on tomorrow? And I go, read your email. I did not know about this. And I'm so glad you told me because now Vanessa has me trained. If there's something free out there, you must go for it. You cannot sit idle. Nope. So, so I'm like, okay, what time do we have to show up to get in line? When do we need to be there? Cause you know, the lines are going to be outrageous, outrageous because people like Vanessa are going to be there. Are we going to need to be there? The store opens at nine. I mean, 10 o'clock. Do we need to be there at nine? 9.30. What, what are y'all thinking? I show up at my local McAllister's around 9.30 and I am number two mm-hmm. in line. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I could have stayed at work till 10. Yeah, I showed up at my local one, which is the one we play that around 9.40 and I was also number two in line. Yeah, so I'm posting updates. I'm number two still. I'm number two still. And I was like, okay, well, at least I get a free one. Mm-hmm. And that is great. And so go in, I order a sugar cookie and get my free tumbler. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is looking at me like, what are you doing? I'm, I'm going to get, it says you got to purchase something. Everybody else has been going to order lunches and stuff. I'm like, no, get you a sugar cookie and walk out. You just made yourself some money. I actually bought a tea. See, <laughs> you got a tea. And that was actually game night. So we got to take our McAllister's and we, for that day, it was free tea. Mm-hmm. But because we've been such good patrons at McAllister's, Bert got a free one. 
as well. Yes, he did. And uh, you, I think you can refill it with something besides tea if you don't like tea. Mm-hmm. You can. Yeah. Well, it depends on the manager's discretion. Now, so. you found out that you like uh, Arnold Palmer's. Is that the first time you ever had one of those? Yes, because I'm not a big fan of tea, but it's. Uh, I would say I'm a, um, oh, I don't know, 75, 25% mix of lemonade to tea. Mm-hmm. And for those who don't, that's what Arnold Palmer is. For those who don't know, it's lemonade and tea mixed together. And somebody didn't inform me that you're supposed to use unsweet tea with this yes because other than that you're riding a sugar high and by gosh i did <laughs> yes unsweet tea and lemonade because their lemonade is uh pretty sweet so i'm glad you told me that so now for the next year uh we can basically go in there and get uh refills for 99 cents uh, which is a good deal which is a good deal and uh get this we're speaking of drinks i don't know if you know about this tony but uh, circle k's now have this monthly subscription service that they have. Everybody's got a subscription service. For $5.99 at Circle K's, you can get one free drink or frozen drink or coffee per day for 30 days. All right. So I have a Circle K within two minutes of my office. This just happened. Well, what you do is you go in there, you give them your phone number. And uh, like tonight we went and I, we got our drinks and she said, we'll just enter in your phone number, entered in. It says, okay, free drink. And it tells you how many days you have left on your subscription. Okay. Cause I downloaded the app originally and I got mad at it because it was doing a whole lot of push. Even though I turned off the notifications, it was a very irritating app. I did not like that app. Do not need an app for this. Tomorrow when I go to work, I'll swing into the old circle K and pick up a, it's obviously the big extra large polar part. Pop. Boy, we are really good on promoting healthy ad, uh, <laughs> habits here. It's, at least mine's diet, so it's not uh, not a lot of sugar. And for the tea, I get it's, it's I get unsweet tea too. So I'm still recovering from our last episode when we tried out Pepsi Peeps. Yes. I'm still riding that sugar rush down. Woo! Hey, uh, last episode we had a uh, contest with, that we ran where we had given away $25 uh, gift certificate to Miniature Market for the best dad joke. Thanks for everybody that sent those in. Those were a lot of fun. And you know, that was so much fun, Tony. We're going to run another contest this episode. Our good buddy Ben, who we've known for years, helps out at Portal, does a lot of work for them, streaming for them. He's in our Discord channel. On our channel, he's been running some events where you called Name That Bit, which is something a lot of us know about. Somebody posts a picture of a game piece, and you have to name what game it's from. Well, he said, hey, I want to run a contest for you guys. So he created an image of how many? Is it 24? 20? 24 or 25. Yeah, uh, of different game pieces. And we're going to run a contest where Tony's going to create a form with 25 spots to enter in. What the? <laughs> Create work for me. <laughs> Just threw them under the bus. Uh, so basically, uh, we're going to have the image posted. You can look on our website. The image will also be embedded into the form. And just basically name as many pieces as you can. And whoever names the most uh, will be up for a prize. If it's a tie, we'll just randomly uh, draw one. And he has uh, some games that we've talked about on the show before in this, plus some uh, ones that even stumped you and I, Tony. Yeah, I lost already. I know that because, man, I, I just don't have the memory for this. You know, I, I just don't see. I got a few of the pieces, I'm, I'm happy to say. But so I've got, you said, I'm going to embed the image. See, now, oh, man, now I got to go learn how to do stuff. 
<laughs> I mean, hey, I could say, I tell you what, the forum's out there. If you want to see the image, you need to join our Discord channel. Yes, there you go. But we'll have it other ways too. But yes, do join our Discord channel. You can see it on realicetechnames.com. I could use it as a splash image for this show. You could. You could. That'd be lazy. That could be lazy of me. Uh, so anyway, so this contest will end two weeks after this episode drops, which will be July 6th. And uh, so just get your entries in by then. So does the contest end? That, or is, the in, contest? that is incorrect. I've got my dates wrong. The ep This episode drops the 29th. So two weeks after that is July 13th. That's when the contest ends. That's that three-way communication we've talked about on the show before. Got to make sure I understand what I heard. So this episode drops, drops uh, June the 29th. Mm -hmm. And this will end on, once again, that is July, July 13th. July two 13th. Weeks. Two weeks. All mm -hmm. right. So you don't have a lot of time to research this, break out your games, figure out which pieces those belong to. And then I'm looking forward to this so that I can actually learn with some of them. I'll give you a hint to one of them. One of those pieces is going to be talked about on the show tonight. Yes, it is. Nice job. Good hint. Good hint there. Thank you. Now, this is what people have been waiting for. Okay. Marty was able to reach out and talk to someone who can do some additional t-shirt designs. For us. Now, Emily has done an amazing job and she still holds all the Rolling Dice and Taking Name logo. She has yes. the Dice in the Bowl, Gladiators in Arena. Mm -hmm. She has the Lawnmower shirt. So, Emily. And the uh, official wrote, logo shirt. The, the official logo shirt. She has that shirt. However, Sir Meeple has come to us and said, Hey, guys, listen to your show. I've got some ideas. So, you can now get special t shirts. Based on our brilliance here on the show. Brilliance is kind of a strong word. But yes, at SirMeeple, S-I-R-Meeple.com, he has designed for us eight different shirts. Some of those just include like our acorn logo. One of them is a, a cute little like bug-eyed squirrel, wild-eyed squirrel holding an acorn. The two that we like, Tony, uh, we're each getting one of these. You're getting one that says... It's the bug-eyed squirrel holding that logo. It's something I said on the show. Don't make me squirrel. <laughs> Which means? Just keep me on task. Keep me focused. Because if you don't, I'm going to go squirrel on you. He can go off tangent. And the one that I like, and if you listen to the show, you don't get it unless you listen to the show. It's a picture of an old-timey TV with the rabbit ears and a squirrel sitting on top and RDTN on the screen with white noise behind it. If you listen to the show, you'll understand that this is basically our white noise t-shirt that he came up with. Brilliant, brilliant idea. For those of us who are like you and I, we know what that means when TV show or when a station would go off air. Because you and I used to have to adjust the antennas for our dads. Mm -hmm. Hey boy, hey boy, go over there and move the antenna. I got to pick up that. And you'd have to go mess with the ears or turn the dial so the antenna on the roof would spin. And then when a station would go off air, you'd hear that and that's what it sounds like listening to us. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's basically you got the snow on the screen and it's just white noise. That's us. So we have a t-shirt specifically for that. Plus some others using our logo. I like the one. I'm going to get this one too, Tony. It's like an interstate sign with RDTN. Mm -hmm. It says South RDTN. So a little bit of a Southern flair on there. And uh, he, he just knocked these out so fast. And so we're so excited for to have these on his shop. Now, he has a lot of other creators on here, too. I was actually introduced uh, to them through uh, Joel Eddy at Drive Through Games. He has shirts on there. And uh, there's a lot of other uh, board game creators who are on there. So go check out their site. Uh, any shirt that you buy on there, basically, we get uh, a little bit of money back. But uh, 
A lot of it's obviously going to support Sir Meeple. We're, Tony, we haven't gotten our shirts yet, but he sent us a couple shirts for us to check out. So I can't wait to check out the quality and everything. But they are out there for you to order right now. We'll have a link in the show notes. And I'll tell you what, Marty, I think we will give one away to a lucky listener, and I will come up with some contest in our next episode for that. Okay? I love it. I, we're going to give away one t-shirt. It'll probably have to be uh, U.S. only for shipping purposes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that sounds great. I love it. Okay, so we'll do that. I'm, I'm excited for this. I'm going to have to come up with some other ideas that I think would be... Um, it's just stuff we say. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows what it is? Could be a board game with a big video game console sitting on it. I don't know. <laughs> you sitting there playing the Switch or something like that. Oh, see, I don't. I wouldn't mind him doing that image that we post of me being grumpy all the time. But no one wants my face on their shirt. Oh, that that would be kind of funny. I'll, I, we'll have to give him that. See, he's a graphic designer, so he can actually come up with ideas that we can't. So uh, maybe he'll come up with something cool for that. So again, you can check our show notes, uh, some brand new RDTN official shirts. If you get one, uh, please let us know, post it, let us know about it. And next episode, we'll be giving away one of those shirts. Yeah. On the Discord channel, people are asking for the don't, uh, don't make me squirrel. It's going to be there for them. Absolutely. And we just don't, we always are out there trying, we get giving you a contest, giving you an option for clothing because who doesn't need a new t-shirt every once in a while, but there is something even more. Marty signed our lives away with Mondo Games. <laughs> what, what, what is this? What are, what are you doing to me here? Well, I, So they came to us and they said, hey, guys, we appreciate the show. Uh, we know you've covered some of our games. You know, they carry a lot of the unmatched uh, games uh, on their website and uh, a lot of other types of games that we've covered in the past. And they said, uh, how would you guys like to have an affiliate link? And we went, well, sure. I mean, we like the Mondo Games and stuff like that. So... Uh, we have an affiliate link with them, and it's it's the same, not link, an affiliate code. Sorry, using the wrong term here. It's the same code that we have with any other place. It's RDTN. So if you go to Mondo Shop, M-O-N-D-O shop.com, they have a lot of games out there, including a lot of the Unmatched series, Gentle Rain, which I just recently talked about, which is a solo style game. You can place an order on their shop. Enter in the code RDTN and get 10% off your order. But that's not it, Tony. They also have a lot of really cool puzzles because Mondo also has a lot of IP products and they have some really nice puzzles. In fact, Tony, today we got a couple Mondo puzzles and I'm going to give you one. Planet of the Apes you were interested in. Oh, yeah. And we also got Castlevania and our code also works for puzzles. So if you're still into puzzles, make sure to go check out their puzzles. Again, you're going to get 10% off your order and we get a little bit of something too. So you're also supporting us if you order directly through Mondo. We're getting a little something, something, a little something, something on the side. I know Donna and I haven't done a um, puzzle segment in quite some time because, well, it's gotten warm. So puzzles are kind of not going to be done in the house right now because we're sitting out on the porch playing games. But I will say they're puzzles. I mean, for those of you who love the old horror flicks, the, um, the creature, 
um, Revenge of the Creature, uh, The Creature from the Black Lagoon, um, The Wolfman, Frankenstein. Uh, one I thought I thought for sure you'd be interested in is Master of the Universe, Skeletor, and He-Man, two 1,000-piece puzzles side by side. No, I think that is really cool. There's a lot. It was just that I knew that uh, Adam was, you know, we just, we talked about Castlevania recently, had a TV show and everything. So that's the one that really caught my attention. And uh, Adam's going to help me put that together, too, because he's uh, he's big into Castlevania. So, uh, Tony, I can't wait to get uh, yours to you. And again, puzzles, games, 10% off your entire order over at Mondoshop.com. Yet another link that's in the show notes, along with the Sir Meeple link, along with the contest link. Woo! You're going to be busy. I'm glad you're going to be editing out me uh, typing as I make these <laughs> notes into the... Whew, okay, that note's done. Oh, but... We're not schlepping our wares here. It's time to talk some board games. I cannot wait to hear about Ticket to Ride Europe 15th anniversary that you got a copy of. Now, I saw this. I have not had a chance to play it. I know that you and Don are big Ticket to Ride fans. So tell me, Ticket to Ride Europe 15th anniversary, how is it? I have Ticket to Ride 10th. Mm Mm-hmm. And all 15th did was ex- give you the large cards that you could have picked up uh, as an individual for your Ticket to Ride Europe. And they gave you some special train cars. Okay. And then, of course, the board is a lot bigger. It barely fits on the Watson um, game topper that I have. Mm-hmm. Once again, we had trouble with the train station rule. Everything else was real simple for us, but that train station rule that if you put a station down, then a train going, you may only declare one route going in or one route going out. I'm, I'm going to be brutally honest here. Okay. I I like the bigger trains and I like some of the modeling did, but I will have to say Ticket to Ride 10th Anniversary Edition with the little giraffe heads that are sticking out. Mm-hmm. Those trains are above the ones in Europe. But that Ticket to Ride 10th Anniversary is the American map, correct? That's the the base game. Yeah. Absolutely. Gotcha. So you can you can mix. So now I've got 10 special little train cars that I can bring in and out of the game. Okay. Which, which I will put them in as like a separate box. So when I bring out those versions. But the problem is the Ticket to Ride 10th and 15th Anniversary Editions uh, or the Ticket to Ride 10th Anniversary Edition and the Ticket to Ride Europe 15th. And from here on out in the show, when I say the 10th and the 15th, they relate to each one respectively. Those cannot be used on the normal maps. So that's something people have to think about. If you want to see what it all, what they all look like, you can go out to our Game Boy Geek uh, buddy and check out, he did a video on that. I mean, the map is gorgeous. It's big. Uh, I play with the larger cards. I'm very excited about that. I'm so glad I have both of them. I do think the Ticket to Ride 10th Anniversary Edition trains are better. But that's because I like the little giraffe heads. But Donna really enjoyed the one that had the logs on them. She thought that was cute in the little caboose. Mm-hmm. All in all, if you do not have any of the Ticket to Ride, well, who does not? I mean, everybody has Ticket to Ride. Yeah, most people have Ticket to Ride right now. And the uh, whew, it is currently on pre-order right now at Miniature Market. And at Miniature Market, it's regularly 100 bucks. And it's $85 on pre-order. So you got to decide. It's like one of those things. It is a premium edition. So just know that up front. That's why the cost is there. Like you said, Tony, bigger board. Ooh, those are nice engines, those. Those look cool. They do. But if you look at the 10th, you're like, oh, but they don't have a little gir- I'm sorry. Yeah, the but, giraffe but again, heads were good. But somebody may want the Europe version. That's right. You may not like the standard edition, and you would like to get those special trains yes. bigger. Like 
it, it's a sh- it's a showpiece. Mm-hmm. I'll give it that. I'm very excited for it. I'm glad I was able to get it, and I am enjo- cannot wait to be able to play with more people. Those games when you play with two, they lose something. Mm-hmm. All right, that's why I love the Switzerland map so much. When Donna and I want to play Ticket to Ride, we'll break out the Switzerland map, which is specifically designed for two and three people. So I can't wait to have some people over and break this board out and play it. But Ticket to Ride, one of our all-time favorite. But you're right, absolutely right. If you don't have Europe and you didn't pick it up on Prime Day when it was on sale, probably because everything in the world was on sale during Prime Day, then you may want to consider this, especially if you really like to have those nice pieces and you want to have that in your collection. Very nice. So a brand new game from Portals coming out later this year that we've already been teasing about that uh, Ignacy teased about million dollar script now tony this is a party game let me give you the pitch because that's actually part of the game is the pitch one of you plays a movie studio executive and you're looking for a movie you're you're wanting to find just the right script and you want to invest in that script so there are two teams sitting at the table and it would be real probably the best is to have four per team so if you could have like you know nine people playing this game I could do less, but the, the thing is, is like everybody has a certain role on their team and they're going to pitch you a movie. And what's going to happen is at the very beginning of the round, you have these character cards that you're going to randomly deal onto the table. These character cards will give you like an aspect of the character. It'll give you like three things about the character, the hero that you need to incorporate into the story. Same thing with the villains. You're going to have three cards come out on the table. And depending it's how they're arranged, you're going to be able to read across, you know, this villain has this issue and wants to do this sort of thing. For example, an over-imaginative CIA agent who caused a fatal accident. So you put you combine these three cards. So there's the first part, like an over-imaginative. The second card tells you the type of character that is and then the third card will tell you what the action is or something like that so you create a hero you create a villain and then you have these basically plot cards you have five plot cards and and both teams have the same plot card and you'll flip it over and it's like presents you a situation then each team has three minutes to come up with their pitch for a story after that the executive will give each team 90 seconds to make their pitch. And then he's going to pick which one he likes best. But unbeknownst to them, at the beginning of the game, the executive randomly chose an executive card, and there's traits on that card that that executive is looking for. Like, this executive likes a lot of explosions, or this executive likes emotional stories, or this executive likes undersea stories. Now, the teams that are playing don't know what they are but if they happen to trigger any of those is a better chance of convincing the executive to pick their story each team selects one person to do the main narrative they're the one telling the story but the other people on the team can help out with like sound effects music or like create some dialogue as the narrative's going now i tell you i i I was laughing so hard so adam and vanessa were on a team so adam was basically given the narrative and Vanessa, it had to do with some sort of death roller coaster. So as Adam was going through the story, Vanessa started doing the soundtrack for it. And she was like headbanging going, death coaster, death coaster. I was just dying laughing because she was creating this soundtrack in the background that would be for the movie. And uh, I don't know. So again, if you had other people there, they could create sound effects. Well, she was also doing sound effects too for like explosions and stuff. So it's 
whichever team can be the most creative with their story will get a points. And then they continue the story. The second card that each of them go through tells an additional story plot or story element. You go through all five cards. The team with the most points wins. And that's it. It's just a fun little party game where you need to use some imagination. So it's one of those things that if people get into acting or creative storytelling, then they would really, really like it. So you said something that I'm not sure I caught on to. It was the fact that the executive who is reviewing this has a checklist and that kind of helps you beat the apples to apples type situation. Okay. Because you have to be able <laughs> I was, to meet I was that. shaking my head. Nobody heard that. Yes, that, that is correct. If it just so happens that some of the story elements tick, some of the things that executive is looking for, that'll tilt it in that team's favor. Yeah. Apples to apples was never a fun game. Right. For me. Right. I mean, people loved it, but for me, it was not. And I'm not creative. We all know that. With the right set, I could see where I would have fun with this, but I could see in my family, there ain't no way I could see Donna getting involved in this. <laughs> I cannot see her creativity coming in. I know on my side, it would take a little nudging. But I, it's, it's a great icebreaker because everybody loves movies. Here's the thing. With the right crowd, this is a lot of fun. This is one of those things, Tony, I think at a convention where it's, or at a game night, where it's late at night and everybody's getting kind of giggly and silly at the very end. This is just a fun, quick game to pull out. Probably plays 25 to 30 minutes, something like that. It's It doesn't take that long. And once you get the flow of the game, it's just really interesting to see where these stories went. They started with this these two characters and then all of a sudden there's a sidekick that comes into play and then there's like a, a secret layer that the villain, I mean, you 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 write the entire story of what is the villain trying to do? They cause some catastrophe. Why did they cause the catastrophe? What did the hero do to try to thwart that or help that catastrophe, you know, sort of deal. So you come up with this full narrative. So yeah. Creative types will love it. I think it's one of those things that, like like I said, later at night, it'd just be fun to sit at the table and play through it. Ignacy likes games that tell stories, right? Board games that tell stories. And this is right along that same line. It's one of those things that once you play the game, you'll probably remember the movie pitches that each of the teams told and talk about it in the future. And I can see, like, let's say it was you, me, Dan Patrice from, you know, Geek All-Stars and Chris Kurtman getting together along with some others and doing this with our love for movies. Mm -hmm. Not that the our gameplay would be hysterical. It would be, well, that was a much better pitch than what Michael Bay did for Transformers. Oh, well, yeah, of course. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, something along those lines where we would drop that kind of reference or, wow, Wonder Woman 84 would have picked up a lot of tips from y'all's pitch, <laughs> as for darn sure. You know? And the rule book is very open-ended. The rule gives you tips for, hey, if you're telling a story, be energetic. If you're the exec, have fun with it, ask questions back. So the rules are very open-ended. It's just creating a setting to where you can sit down and just have fun telling stories and being very creative. It's a million-dollar script. I think it's gonna. it's a small box game. Uh, you can look, find out more if you go to portalgamesus.com. Which will redirect you to somewhere else. Who knows where in this, <laughs> this show. <laughs> but again, uh, uh, Portal doesn't come out with a lot of party games. But Ignacy was excited about this one. And again, he likes board games that tell stories. And this one for sure will because you're actually creating stories mm. to be told. So it really fits right really well within their portfolio. Easy to pick up 
easy to learn. It was a blast with the family, and I couldn't stop dying laughing at the theme song that Vanessa came up with, Death Coaster. It was mm. it was classic. It was like death metal style Death Coaster. She's outrageous anyway. Which brings me to a question to you. Yes. How long, how long have you been married? 25, 26, 27, 27 years. One less than you. The other night, you know, we've been, Don and I have been playing. We've been playing a lot of Calico. Mm-hmm. She loves that game. Loves Calico. We talked about it on the last show. Understand why I guess the, the praise it does. We've been playing a lot of Rolling Rice, of course, Bravo and um, Knock Mall. And we broke out um, Castles of Burgundy. Was that it? Castles? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rolling Right. We pulled, played that the other night. But I, I needed to break. I needed to see how we are. And I don't know. When was the last time you and Vanessa played Codenames Duet. It's been a very, very long time since we played. You would think for two people who've been married 29 years, we would do better than we did. Every round, I was picking the assassinator. <laughs> we lost every single... She goes, you want to do it again? I said, we got to do better than this. That was funny. Watching us struggle through trying to do Codenames Duet. Mm. And for I'd forgotten just how intense that can get. Mm-hmm. Especially with your spouse. When you're sitting there going, hey... Why are you not understanding me? How can you not understand these clues I'm giving you? Because I give clues that relate to pop culture, movies and books and things like that. That's not my wife's strong suit. And then yet she's giving these clues that are very specific that I should be picking up. And there was one that she said, plants, three, plants. Okay. So I picked one, pepper. She looks at me, she goes, how is that a plant? And she goes, oh, crap. (laughs) because <laughs> it is <laughs> it is and that's the fun of that game i didn't i didn't know if you break it out sometime and just see how well you do because you you know you could probably knock it out but i was really surprised that's a solid game i have not played that in forever yeah we've been breaking out code names when we've been getting with uh friends they they found it or i gave it to them a while back and they hadn't really played it, and then suddenly they played it and they're like oh my gosh where has this game been it is a classic Classic party game. So besides playing games with the wife, I've been playing with this other game crew, and I think it's time that we talk about some of those. We just mentioned Billion Dollar Script from Portal. That game's going to be coming out. And also, it looks like they have got the initial page up over at GameFound for Eleven, the new football manager board game that's going to be coming out on crowdfunding later this year. Tony, I don't know if you have been keeping up with this, but we have reached out to Ignacy, who's going to come on the show in the future. He's going to spend the entire episode with us, just us hanging out and having some fun. But one of the things I want to ask about, Tony, is about this brand new game, Eleven, because this is a Euro sports-themed game that I'm super excited about. Yeah, I'm not really sure where this is going i just know that ignacy could not come on this show because of the euro cup was uh playing or something some <laughs> football thing with hey, no boys i can't record with you because i gotta go watch some football that's okay, true fine. that's true he actually said can you come on this we picked a date and he said nope i'm getting with friends and watching football i said okay so we know where your priorities are uh, and they should be there with f- gathering with friends instead of getting online with us. That- I completely understand that. So portalgamesus.com, head over there for all the cool stuff that they got out there now. Like Mari said, Eleven's coming. You got Robinson. You got Vienna Connection, all the entire detective series. The new Dune House Secrets. He's now starting to tease that more and more. That's going to come out October 15th of this year over at portalgamesus.com. 
five-minute initiative begins in three, two, one. All right, y'all have heard us talk about this designer that we really like. His name is David Thompson. And recently we received a game from DVG Dan Versen Games. I think I did the V correctly, Marty. That's not $5, but it was designed by Paulo David Thompson and Ricardo Manuel Luis Thomas. And this is for what remains. And there are three versions of this skirmish level series that has Streets of Ruin, Blood on the Rails, and Out of the Basement. They're all use the same rules. And basically you have two factions that are going at each other, that they're inside is a campaign book, or you can just do base skirmish. And that's really all it is. It's a skirmish game. It's think of it as having a miniatures game with just chits and you're battling it out for either, uh, not victory points. I was going to say waypoints or objectives, or just trying to wipe the other guy out. But what is so unique about this game, in my opinion, is that one of our favorite things that David has in his games is the ability to pull from a bag like war chest. You're pulling from a bag and activating players. Now, when I was teaching you this game, Marty, I said, it's simple. And you were like, oh, good God, how long is this going to take? It was actually pretty simple. And it does have a war chest feel to it in that there's uh, chits that you put into the bag and those will indicate who will get to activate on your turn. But Tony, you get to decide. You The number of chits you put into the bag is based on the number of units on the board, right? Mm-hmm. You got, what, is it three chits per unit? That's right, three chits per unit. So you set out an amount of how much your army is. We're going to run a 15-point skirmish. Mm -hmm. So based on the faction you have, you can go through that faction and say, well, I'm going to have either the veteran or the elite, which is going to cost me more points towards that skirmish or that objective. That may limit the number of units I have on the board, which limits the number of chits. When you battle, these chits are going to take damage and flip over, and there are little stacks of chits running around the board. I may have 10 units out there, but if they take damage, they're gone. Yeah. They're out of here. They, you, you want, they, two hits, and they're out of here. See, that's, that's one of the things I thought was really unique. So you have, like you said, the three uh, levels, and the elite's basically a stack of three cardboard tokens. The regular, the low one is just one. And uh, you take a damage, you flip it over, you take another damage, you actually remove one from the stack. So the elite can take more damage. I thought that was a really, really cool mechanic. And every one of the units has unique and special abilities. They can move and they can attack, but there are, there are some special movement rules that some of them have, some special attack rules, and combat is resolved through a dice roll. Absolutely. And you try to beat their defense. You have to be greater than their defense. And let's say you're rolling three dice to try to hit them and you hit them with all three dice. It's just one damage. It's another simple rule. You don't have to worry about, okay, how's it accumulating or anything like that, or I'm removing three. None of that applies here. And one of the other things I found enjoyable was you talked about their special abilities. It wasn't like 30 pages in a book somewhere. It was a simple eight and a half by 11. Oh, look, he has the huge attribute, so he can do this. Now, the only negative I'm going to say, but I understand why it's done, is the map tiles. It's a nine-by-nine nine grid of individual map tiles. They're kind of flimsy. They were constantly moving around. Mm -hmm. I wish they were a little bit sturdier and being two-sided. That would have been nice. But uh, it, the whole th cool thing about the, the bag, kind of a bag-building thing is, let's say you really want to activate this one unit, so you throw a couple tokens in the bag of that unit. Once you've resolved that entire round, they're out until you've used all your other tokens. 
So you can't get them back into the bag until later in the round. So you got to be careful if you use them. If you use one unit all at once, you're not going to be seeing it or activating it again for a while. Let me correct you because I don't want to pay $5 here. After you pull them out of the bag, they go to the expired. Right. Well, after the next time you pull out, those come back into your lot. Remember? That's right. I'm sorry. I apologize. You say so you do not go through your entire allotment, but they sit out for basically one entire round before you can use them again. They're exhausted. They're spent. Yes. They've done their battle. Yep. Also, another unique one is that if you lose a whole unit, then you get a special token that allows you that goes into your pool that you can put in the bag that basically says you can activate anything. Once you spend that, it's out until you lose another unit. And as you lose units, there's less tokens that'll go into the bag. Because remember, I said the number of tokens that goes on the bag is based on the number of units. This is a solid miniature style skirmish game without the minis. I told you, Tony, as I was playing it, it's like, wow, I kind of feel like I'm almost like playing War Cry, which I love. But instead of having to move these big minis around the board, I'm just sliding uh, these tokens around. Like you said, there's campaign modes. You can just do quick battle modes. You can set up or points on the on the map to be able to capture and hold, et cetera. So these different scenarios that you can have, just like a full-fledged miniatures game, except without having to paint anything. Absolutely. And there's also the ability to level or possibly have this other part, kind of a legacy field to it. Mm -hmm. Not really sure how that works. We didn't get into it. I just know that there was a piece of paper in there I could write notes on. So and then I watched another video that told me, yeah, you can do this. I said, okay, fine, whatever. But that is For What Remains by Paulo, David Thompson, Ricardo, Manuel, Luis, Thomas. I, the reason why I'm saying all these names is because I can say them all, Marty. There you go. From from DVG Games, high rankings out there on BGG. So if you get an opportunity, I suggest you you sit down and give it a shot. Five-minute initiative is complete. We've got to play a brand new game published by Pandasaurus Games and designed by Stevo Torres Brew. Now, Tony, when I first heard about this game, I thought, oh, well, obviously this is going to be <laughs> a beer-themed game. <laughs> I don't know why. It's like, brew. It, when it was first pitched to us, it said, would you guys be interested in covering this? I went, brew. Oh, that's going to be kind of like a microbrew or something like that. It's not. Brew, yes. You said brew. You're going to like this because you're rolling dice. Yes, you are. And it's uh, basically you're kind of using your dice as, I guess I would call them workers, wouldn't you? Because at the beginning of the round, you're going to have these four forest cards that are put out on the table. Every player has their own color of dice that can go to certain areas of the forest, but you also have elemental dice that can be used in uh, other ways too for like special powers and stuff. But essentially when you go out to the forest, you're collecting resources, Tony. And the resources that you collect are eventually going to be used in order to create potions. And those potions can be used during the course of the game to drink, to give you special powers, etc. All for eventually the culmination of your course of several rounds in order to get victory points. Yes, that's absolutely right. But it was very important because in order to go collect these resources, this game would be completely and total boring mm. if all you were doing was rolling dice and placing dice. You need help. You need help in accomplishing these feats, so maybe you can hire some creatures. Yes, you can. You have a creature deck to where there are certain spots in the forest where, and your dice are called forage dice. And there are mm -hmm. certain spots where if your dice matches a certain spot on the forest card, it may allow you to claim a creature. And the creature is basically has an ongoing ability that's there for you to use throughout the course of the game. So Tony, when we played, if you got a couple of the right 
creatures together, you could kind of work them together and make a nice little combo out of them. But it's not like you could run a zoo. You, you couldn't run a zoo. You couldn't have 30 creatures out there. That's right, Tony. You can only have three creatures at a time. But if you get a creature, it's like, man, I really want this creature. Well, you do have the option of basically releasing the creature. So every creature is going to be associated with a particular type of season of forest. Every forest that goes out there has a certain season associated with it. When you release a creature, you can put it face down underneath one of your forest cards, and it's going to be worth additional points at the end of the game. So actually, at the end of the game, you want to have released as many creatures as you can because they're worth more points. During the game use their abilities, but at the end, you want to release them into a forest, and a forest can only, only hold one creature. Now, here's the cool part, Tony, we hadn't talked about. It's like, what do you mean? What do you mean release them to a forest? Because at the end of every round, you can claim forests that came out on the board. These are just simple cards that are put out on the table. You're going to roll your dice. You're going to take your dice and allocate them to a forest card or a city board. There's also a board in the middle of the table that anybody can take advantage of. Most of the spots where you place your dice, only one die can go there. There are some that allow multiple dice to go there, but most is just one die can go there. At the very end of the round, whoever has the most forage dice on a forest card can claim that card and it's also worth victory points at the end. So that's how you claim a forest and put it on your tableau and then a creature can be released underneath into that forest. And Tony, this was the part I thought was cool. This is like a mishmash of a bunch of different things. Dice rolling game where the dice act as workers, there's worker placement, and then there's area control and a little bit of combo building. It's like all these little things that by themselves aren't that special, but together, I think this makes a really cool little fun game. So when you talk about going to the city or the tavern with the elemental dice, because that's the only dice that can fit there, mm -hmm. at the end of the first round of placing your dice, the town goes to sleep and you flip the board over. And now you have new powers that are in the town that you have to take into consideration. So area control, worker placement, engine building, multiple types of events or actions that you can take at different types of the round, all that's coming together, making it easy for you to get victory points. Yeah. And those also, the elemental dice are cool too, in that not only can they go in the village board, they can actually go on the forest cards. There's water, fire, and wind. So if you put a water die onto a spot in the forest, and it can go on any spot. It doesn't have to match the icon or the forage icon that's on those forest spots. You get one extra ingredient from that forest. A fire allows you to place on top of an existing forage die that's out there and wind to place it where, where you have one of your die and return it to your dice pool. But here's the kicker, Tony. At the very end, it's the person who has the most forage dice on a card that gets it. Well, if your fire die is on top of one of your color die or you use a water die, that's nobody's. So that's not going towards you being able to claim that forest card through area majority. So you have to carefully decide where am I going to use the elemental dice and where am I going to use the forage dice? Because Tony, in the end, it seems like a lot of the points are generated by being able to claim those forest cards, but which also allows you to release the creatures to them, generating a lot of points. 
Right. So that's what you're watching for. That's what you're trying to build for and make sure that you are able to mess people up. So there's your player interaction. Now, after all of that, you, people are trying to thinking, I'm, I'm really not, it sounds tough. Not really. On your turn, place a dice. You may brew a potion. You may drink a potion. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's what you get to do on your turn. And many times we were like, you've got to really think through, well, I'm going to brew this potion that will get me to, that'll let me drink it, which will then let me brew this. No, 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 no. Brew once, drink once, you're done. So there's not this long, constant comboing. Yes. And we didn't talk about how to uh, basically create a potion. It's very simple. The resources that you collect by going to the forest, you just collect those resources. You have a set number of potion cards on the table and it tells you how many of each ingredient it costs to make that potion. So on your turn, you could turn in the resources that matches the potion ingredients, claim that potion to your hand, a new one comes out on the board. But yeah, Tony, I, I do like that. Turns can't be long. You have to place... Then you can make or drink. Turns can't be long, but rounds can be as you may lock yourself down in a little paralysis because mm. you're because you're sitting there thinking, if I put this dice here, will that spot be open? Because if I don't do that, then I lose out on this opportunity to convert X resources to the wild resource or wait a minute, I want to be able to lock down this one location so that I have majority. But oh, wait, Marty's got elemental die over there where he could come over and basically because if there's a tie in the forest, nobody gets it. And that really stinks. We saw that happen a lot of times. You spent all that effort and now Marty's taking it away. And now you want to just flip the table at him because he screwed you over. Mm -hmm. And if nobody claims that forest card, it's just gone. It's discarded and new forest cards come out. And basically you play through four rounds and then you're going to count points at the end. And that's it. You like glossed over this thing about then the forest card. No, now you've messed me up. Now I can't <laughs> release my creature in the forest, so I gotta wait. Oh, oh crap! That's true because again, a creature must be released into the matching forest type. And Tony, you were messed up because there was like a certain forest you're looking for. Say, say for example, it was fall, and there was only one out there, and you couldn't win it. So then you're stuck with a creature that you couldn't release. Right, which I lost some points on, which is okay, but you're right. But then that broke what I wanted to do next, which was gain another creature on my next turn so that I had a plan of going into the next round that I would release this creature because I could claim this creature because no one had gone for that creature. Yada, yada, yada. So there is the paralysis. You've got to, so for such a simple type of mechanism. Mm-hmm. You are sitting there really planning out your moves, what you want to do. I never felt like we were resource constrained in this game. In other words, I never felt like I couldn't get them. Yeah, I I, I didn't either. And sometimes it was a rush or, or a race to get a certain potion that multiple people wanted. Didn't mention too, everybody has variable player powers. So at the beginning, you have a new unique ability. So every time you play the game, you could play with a different character, have different abilities. The forest will come out in different order. And of course... The dice rolling, you have no idea what you're going to roll each turn. You just got to use what you've been given. Brew. It's not about beer. It's about making potions in a forest and playing with creatures that you release into your slum forest that you have conquered and decimated as you've wreaked the land of resources. Okay, that's kind of dark. <laughs> Now, actually, it's a very happy thing because it is. you've got creatures frolicking through the forest and you go out into the forest. Now, I do, I do think it is very cool, the two types of dice, the elemental and the forged dice and how they work. 
the special abilities of the elemental dice that can kind of change the game and stuff. Again, it's made up of these individual components that you've seen before, but when mashed together for a two to four player game that plays in 45 to 90 minutes, it was it's easy to teach. Place a die, either make a potion or drink a potion. That's it. Everything else is kind of on the cards. The potions kind of tell you what they do, and they're very self-explanatory along with the creatures. I enjoyed it. This is Brew from Pandasaurus Games. Honestly, this is one of those that if you want to teach somebody a lot of different things in, in board games, maybe they haven't experienced a lot of games with dice or worker placement. This kind of combines them all together with not without it being overly complicated, but still thinky enough that I think you'll really enjoy it. Five minute initiative begins in three, two, one. All right, our good buddy over at Inside Got Wow, Inside Up Games, Connor. Mm-hmm. Finally sent me my Kickstarter for City Builder. Finally? That sounds kind of uh, harsh. Well, uh, to be honest and fair to Connor, he ran into some complications with this mm. thing of pandemic and shipping and things like that. But City Builder by Andre Philip, F-I-L-I-P, Philip. And this is nothing more than a tile lane game where you are trying to attract settlers to your town. You have some common settlers and you got some nobles coming. And when you attract them to your town, you open up victory points on the player boards that you are competing against other people with, which at the end of the game, the person with the most victory points wins. And if your city has certain monuments in it, then guess what? Those are in-game scoring victory points. But Here's the trick. In order for someone to move into your city, into a settlement or a district, it has to be complete. It has to be roads, have to be around the district. Also, you've got to be able to attract the settlers by having the certain monument, temple that they want, plus an open spot for them to move into. When we played this on Tabletopia, Marty, I fell in love with it and backed it. Yes. And it's one of those few games I play on Tabletopia that I really enjoyed enough to like, man, I really want this too. And playing it in in person was just uh, uh, amazing. And I don't know if we can explain exactly how the the settlers work. Basically, you're sharing a pool of settlers with the player to your left and the player to your right. You're pulling off settlers that are closest to you. And every time you do, it it reveals a number underneath it that's worth the victory points. Well, the further you go towards the middle, Tony, it's worth more points. Mm -hmm. You can no longer take from a row of settlers if it's the last one. Right. That that ends it, and then in the middle of those, in the are the purple ones, the royalty, which are worth the most. Mm-hmm. So people are kind of racing it. Now these settlers are pulled from a bag at the beginning of the game. They're randomly put onto these cards of the button. Yes, right. Yep. Yeah. So the colors are like green and orange, uh, and um, oh good gosh, I, I can't think of them all right off the top of my head under this time pressure. You have to plan accordingly to build your tiles. I've played this with Donna. I've played it with you. You built an amazing city. I still think I'm calling shenanigans, even though I have validated that you played it correctly. There is no shenanigans if I played it correctly, because you've only got three tiles to play in your hand, right? So you have to put down a tile Mm -hmm. and then you have the option of taking the two tiles in your hand. You can either discard one or two, then draw back up to three from a common uh, pool of tiles. And once all the tiles have been used, and it's going to depend on the number of players, that will trigger the end of the game. You will be placing 18 tiles down for the entire game, no matter what size the 
it's 15 tiles plus your three starters. Well, Marty says discard, you put them at the end of the tile pile yeah. and someone else will get them at near the end of the game and they have to deal with them. And there's also the monument tiles, right? So if you build like a, there's a certain size rectangle where you have these like victory point scoring monument cards or tiles that you can put in that district. And mm -hmm. if you do, it can be worth victory points at the end of the game, or maybe you have an ability that triggers right when you play it. Right. And the monuments have specific, like I need two types of, I need two Colosseums in it, which are the green colors. Very thinky, also very luck driven at times with the drawing of the tiles, but at least you do have the ability to discard them. Some of the monuments I feel are very powerful. I've seen one that basically swung a game with me and Donna, but I enjoyed it. I'm not very good at these, mm -hmm. but I enjoy playing them. I think you, you could give a little bit of AP, right? Because when you're sitting there facing, you know, taking a tile, rotating a certain way, you're, you're sitting there looking at the citizens, color citizens that you can place. You're limited by whatever you're looking at that's closest to you on those on those trays that you have. So then you try and decide, well, how can I organize and complete a district to make sure to get that color into here? And the purples, or the big ones, it makes it harder. You got to have a, a bigger district with more matching colors and stuff. So you can have a little bit of AP, but I, I still love it. Now, Tony, there was one little thing that both you and I said made the game a little bit tough in the beginning, and that was the graphic design, right? Oh yeah. The graphic design, even Donna was talking about this. She goes, how can you tell me what these colors are? And I go, you'll get used to it. And then statues on tiles are wild colors. I'm not sure why the roads or the pavement underneath these things had to be the color they were. It's hard. The tiles are fairly small. So it was hard to, for us old people to see. I felt like the, the monuments or the, the, symbols could be a lot better. Yeah. It was one of those things that we were playing in the McAllister's and uh, it was like, is that orange? Is it red? And you, you had to kind of look at it, right? Because uh, some of the, uh, the monuments or the buildings on the tiles, it was kind of hard to tell what color it was. Now, every color has a certain shape. Eventually, you learn the shape of that particular mm -hmm. color. Green has a certain shape of the building, et cetera, like that. Blue, but you eventually yeah. got it. Honestly, that's the, that's the only thing that I, I saw from that. Everything else I loved about the game. And Tony, we didn't even play the co-op game. There is a solid co-op game that's in this game, too. We only played the uh, competitive version, but there's a full co-op game in this thing, too. And after you get through the competitive, they recommend playing the co-op so you understand how the mechanisms work. Donna's excited to do that, especially after she has beaten my butt so bad at this game. Mm -hmm. Oh, I am, I'm pathetic at this game, but I love it. Love the game. So I hope if I hope Connor got enough in that you can go out and purchase them. That's at Inside Up Games. This is City Builder. Five minute initiative is complete. Well, if you don't subscribe to the Miniature Market newsletter, then you miss the big 80% sale. Yep. You also missed the announcement that MAP, the Asmodee MAP, has been lifted. Minimum Whatever. advertised price something, yep. Yeah, yeah, that means they could drop their prices. Yep. So they did that. They, they dropped that. So if you missed the sale because you, you, you didn't subscribe to the newsletter and then you missed the MAP, well... Tough Nuggies, guess what? Another sale's coming. We know it is. <laughs> There'll be another one. But one of the neatest things happened is I did miss the sale. I had put something in my cart and then squirreled somewhere else and then forgot to pick it up. But then I got this email from Miniature Market and it said, hey, you got something in your cart and we know you missed the sale, 
we're going to give you 5% off because you're a fool. You missed out. So we want to help you in your silliness. I didn't know it would do that, Marty. That's pretty darn sweet that if you ask cool. me. And if you find a mistake in this show, not only could you probably get a sell item, you could probably get $5 because of the rolling dice and taking name guarantee that we'll give you $5 if you catch us in a mistake and we don't correct it and does not involve pronunciation or any other disclaimers that we've used in past episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, so what do you give $5 for? Everything but A, B, C, D, E, F. No, no, we're just kidding. We're just kidding. Yes, sir. Our, our guarantee still stands. You catch us with a mistake, like Tony said, excluding like name pronunciations or something like that, which we, we may mess up on. Let us know. You get $5 gift card to Miniature Market. Miniature Market knows about this and just gets a kick out of every time we award somebody $5 because they just think it's the funniest thing in the world that we're paying people because of our mistakes. And they're like, just keep it coming. That's we right. know. <laughs> That's right. Y'all keep recording. We're getting, we're set making sales here because of y'all fools. So be sure to check it out at miniaturemarket.com. Tony, you and I did a live stream of what we're excited about and had a wish list for from Nintendo Direct. And holy cow, holy cow, if two of mine come true. Mm-hmm. Die, you stupid Ludroth. Come. <laughs> you playing Monster Hunter? <laughs> well, I got to get some Monster Hunter in because this uh, Thursday, when before after we record... Super Mario Golf's coming out, so I'm very excited about But you're absolutely right. You and I both watched the Nintendo Direct. I um, was able to stream it on a device uh, during lunch. <laughs> and I was like, okay, fine. M Marty's going to be real happy about this. For me, it was like nothing other than Advance Wars tripped my trigger. Talking about out left field, nobody, I'd heard nobody even predict an advanced wars and i said why can't they release the old advanced wars i've been saying it for years and here it comes a remake of advanced wars one and two and tony i was impressed you said during the stream you finished advanced wars one yeah i did i completed it com i never got through all of two that's that's pretty impressive so i cannot wait that but the the one that oh my gosh when they said you know we're still working on metroid prime 4 but here's something else. I was getting all jittery and stuff. And then when they started showing Metroid and they said Metroid five, and I was very confused by that. And then you see that it's a 2d side scroller. Then it's like, Oh, it's the fifth Metroid uh, side scroller. And it's called Metroid dread. Super excited about it. First 2d Metroid game in 19 years. And I don't know if you saw behind the scenes of this, but they had the idea for dread many, many, many years ago. In fact, in Metroid Prime 3, there's a reference to the word dread in quotes as like a reference to this game, but they said they just technically couldn't do it. Now with the Switch, they could, so I, I can't wait. Metroid Prime Dread, I'm excited about. Obviously, Advanced Wars 1 and 2. Heck, even WarioWare. I love WarioWare on the GBA. I played the mess out of that game all the time. Yeah, see, I missed that one, so it, it kind of just whoo, over my head. The little watch thing over my head. Uh, the what was it? Zelda watch and yeah, the Zelda. Uh, yeah, it, I got the Mario one, and I've pre-ordered the Zelda one too. Got a trailer for Zelda. Whatever the next one is, it's not going to be called Breath of the Wild too. A lot of people are excited about that. The only thing I was bummed about was 
where's my collection that has Twilight Princess and Wind Waker? I was really expecting that. Mm, I don't know. To be honest with you, see, it left an impression on you. For me, none of those hit home with me for some odd reason. I I guess maybe because I I don't follow Metroid. You were expecting it. I wasn't. And to be honest, I wasn't even expecting Breath of the Wild 2 or whatever it's going to be called. What about Pokemon, uh, the remake of Diamond and Pearl? Did you like those? Did you ever play those? That's way too many Pokemon. Nothing excites you. I know. I, I'm, I'm an old fuddy-duddy. I cannot help it. That's that's who I am. But yes, Super Mario Golf's coming out. We've already got a s- group of people on the Discord channel that's playing on playing Battle Golf and Speed Golf. So we're going to be doing some of that. That's going to be fun. So is this replacing Game Night? Because, you know, no. me getting online at the same time as everybody, that's going to that's gonna be f- challenging. That's called Friday Night Game Nights right there is what that's called. No, that's Blue Bloods. I thought you said Blue Bloods is over. It is. Oh, Squirrel, the rookie got picked up. You told me it had been canceled. It got picked up. Oh, well, good. Good for you. So now you got another show that you can continue watching. Absolutely. On on network TV, something you don't ever look at. But yes, Super Mario Golf, I do want to get online. I do want to give it a shot. Looking forward to it. I have not done my pre-order by the time this drops. It's already come out. I need to go sell back some games. Why does GameStop want to put these pins? Why do I need these pins if I pre-order from GameStop? That's You don't useless. need to. I, I did. I mean, I thought, well, if I'm going to get it, I might as well get something free out of it. So I am getting the pins from GameStop from Mario Golf. Is there no, is no one else? Remember when various stores used to give out a whole bunch of, they would compete for your money, like a Pokemon poster or a Pokemon thing? They would. Uh, Best Buy still does steel books. I like steel books. If they ever do steel books, I'll, I'll do that. But uh, yeah, they don't really do that much anymore, except GameStop. Do you remember when Burger King had the little Pokemon collector toys in the kids' meal? Are you kidding me, dude? You still got them. I don't know if I still have them, but Vanessa and I would go to Burger King constantly, try to get those. I I did get the complete set of the Pikachus and sold them online for 90 bucks. I do remember that. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Hey, if there's a market for it, I'm selling it. And I had to eat a a bunch of horrible Whoppers in order to get those Pikachus. Uh, no, these were in kids' book, a kids' meal. So you had to get the the old stale yeah, cheese cheeseburgers. Hey, also uh, aside from Nintendo, I got to play uh, Rogue Book. Have you played Slay the Spire yet? Yes, I've played it a couple of times on my Switch. Okay, so yes, I have. So you know know the concept of a roguelike game. You've had to explain it to me. I just thought I was playing cards, but yeah, sure. But you know, you you make a run, you die, you have to start all over again. Roguelike. Okay. Rogue Book is from Richard Garfield, who you may know from Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. Keyforge. Uh-huh. Has created a game. It's on Steam. And it's called Rogue Book. It has very much a Slay the Spire feel, except you play on a map. It's a hex-based map where you go and do battles and you collect these ink blots or ink pens to be able to expose more of the map. I look at it like you're lifting the Fog of War. You're trying to lift the Fog of War to find some gold, Uh, fight some more baddies you and another companion you have two companions uh, that you go out with and each has unique cards in the deck that you start with and you can spend gold that you've earned or found over the course of the game to modify your deck you can get gems to embellish the cards in your deck to make them better so the goal is to build a really strong deck and at the end of the map is a big baddie you fight him, you move on to the next level, and you try to complete the game. I have not completed the game, but our buddy Ben, who's doing the uh, 
named that bit contest for us. He's completed the game. He says he really enjoyed it. He created some really cool combos. They said the only bad thing about the game was it's a little bit short, but I've enjoyed my time playing it. So you can run it. It would run on your PC. But if you like Slay the Spire, I would check out Rogue Builder. Rogue Book, you mean? Yeah, Rogue Book. I'm sorry. I was thinking Deck Builder. Rogue Book. Because it adds that map element to it, which which I like. Maybe you'll bring your PC to game night and you can just show it to me. <laughs> bring my PC. Now, this is one of those things that could very easily run on the Switch, which would be cool too. There is, okay. no, there is nothing high intense graphics or anything like that. So it'd be cool if it ever came out on the Switch. But yeah, uh, Rogue Book is cool. I, I, I enjoyed it. It's, it's in the land. It's in the world of Fairy or Freya. It, there's another game that's based in the same universe. Supposedly, if you play that other game, you see a lot of you know head nods and mm. Easter eggs based on that other game. But anyway, I like the ideas in Slay the Spire. It's just one versus the monsters. Here you have two. So when you go and fight, you could pick who your companion is going to be. Maybe you want a tank. Maybe you want a range guy, etc. And then you build up your deck from there as you play. Is it out now? Yes, it is. It is out now. It came out uh, middle of June. Okay, is there, what's the cost of it about? It's $25 on Steam. So, for those of you like me on the on a penny pitching budget, you just wait for the Steam sales that occur every week, it seems ding, like. Ding, 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 ding. And in fact, let's see, looking at the uh, user scores, uh, mostly positive. 410 reviews on Steam and mostly positive. So, I'm not the only one that seems to be enjoying uh, their time with it. Now, Tony, while Rogue Book is out now, I did get to check out a closed beta of the upcoming game from Sinai Games. Blood Bowl 3. Have you played any of the Blood Bowl games on the PC? I'm trying to remember. And if I can't remember immediately, no, I don't remember. No. Okay. So here's the thing. I've played some of Blood Bowl 2. And in fact, that's the first time I ever played the game Blood Bowl. I was always interested in the miniatures game. But the thing that always scared me away was the length of play. Because those games can be you know, two to three hours long. Last year, I actually got to sit down and play the physical version of the game and really, really loved it. But it is a long game. So I was excited to hear about Blood Bowl 3 coming out. I think it's going to be coming out in early access this fall, fully released next year. And I got to sit in on a, a press event for it to check it out and also play in the closed beta. It plays just like Blood Bowl. So if you have Blood Bowl 2, it's going to play the same game. But the graphics are phenomenal. All the teams are there. I know you're a Skaven person, right, Tony? You like oh, yeah. Playing, you're like playing the rats. You're the only person I think that likes playing the rats. When we did the rankings of all the Age of Sigmar factions, we all ranked Skaven down pretty low. Well, well it goes back to uh, the f- process of the or, or the fact that when I read the books... I enjoyed the story of the Skaven leaders. Mm. They, they were hilarious, in my opinion, how they wrote them. It was hilarious. So whether or not it was a good faction in the game, it was one. There, there are some of my favorites in the Felix and Gotrick novels. Ah, actually, we were basing it off of off of the lore. But it's funny. The more we talked about the Skaven, the more we realized as comedic relief, they're actually pretty good. Oh, yeah. They're, they're hilarious, yeah. especially if you read those. Yeah, so anyway, this is based in the Warhammer Fantasy, so it's going to be all those factions. The closed beta didn't have a tutorial, so I had to kind of go back and relearn the rules to learn how to play. But it's one of those things that I've always wanted to play in a Blood Bowl league, and this will now support league play. And it's going to come out on everything. Steam, PlayStation, Xbox, and even the Switch with cross-platform capability. 
So I think it'd be fun possibly that when it comes out to play, you know, like in a little league and uh, and do some games online with uh, with whatever platform that you, that you have. Hopefully the tutorial will be really good teaching you the rules. It's not that bad. You just have to kind of learn how to activate each player and the, what the dice means when it rolls and the different types of uh, abilities and stuff that they have. Because everybody has special abilities, right? But you, you could draft a team. The team will take injury or take damage where they have to sit out and you may have to spend some of your resources or money. You have a certain amount of uh, budget to go out and recruit more players and stuff like that. So not only is it like you play the game, but there's a team manager aspect of it that exists in the miniatures game, but it's also in this game too. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the beta is already closed, so I, ha I can't play anymore. But it, when it comes out later, I definitely will check it out again, especially since it's going to be on the Switch. I'm curious how it's going to be on that one. The only holdback for me is kind of like we will talk about in future episodes of Mario Golf is the... It's not asymmetric, so it's just the timing of it. But I, that'd be interesting to be able to play the league. Uh, wait, what? Your point, what? I don't know that it's not asymmetric. Oh, that'd be interesting. I bet you could do that, couldn't you? Because you're not having to react. You're not having to tackle people because it's as simple as just rolling dice and seeing the results. Exactly. So I'm, I'm curious to see if you can save it or do you have to be online at the same time? That mm. part, I don't know. But yes, if you haven't got to be online at the same time, that could be very cool. That'd be awesome. I would yeah. enjoy that because yeah. you take your turn. It's just like playing, you know, various other games we've been talking about on the Switch, the Wingspan or Sagrada or whatever mm -hmm. other games that we've been talking about. Yeah. So that is Blood Bowl 3. Look for it in full release early next year. Again, there's trailers out for it. The graphics and art and everything looks gorgeous. I tell you, between that and Total Warhammer 3 that's coming out later this year, if you're into Warhammer lore, couple solid video games are going to be coming really soon. And then we just recently, with the Nintendo Direct and the E3, we had a ton of sales on the Nintendo Switch that you could have picked up. And I Ooh. sent a quick note to Marty and say, Marty, for $3, is Bastion any good? He said, just buy it. Any game from Supergiant, including Bastion, Hades, or Transistor, get it. I mean, for $3, I may not be something I would enjoy. It's digital, but it's with me forever. I mean, it looked interesting, so I'm excited to that. But the Switch is in competition, as we stated at the beginning of the show with my hooked up PlayStation. I am playing a game. Now, for those of you who've been listening to the show, you know I loved a 10-year-old game called Skyrim. I don't know if anybody's heard of it. Are you freaking playing Skyrim on the PlayStation? No. I bought it, but no. Are you serious? Are you serious? How many versions of Skyrim do you have? One on the Xbox 360, one on the PlayStation, and one on the Switch. Did you ever buy one for the PC? I don't. I can't play games on the PC. Remember, so. Uh, but I did go on sale. I almost pulled the trigger for it just so I could do the mods. But I did start Assassin's Creed. The first time I've ever played an Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Mm. Viking theme, mm -hmm. which I really enjoy mm -hmm. playing an Assassin's Creed game, which I knew nothing about going into it. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Oh, the Switch thought it had some of my time. You enjoy wasted it? days. Oh yeah, wasted days. And I've been I've already played, I think, for an hour and a half, and I haven't even made it past the first village. I've gotten out of being and uh, captured and I've made it to the home village and I've just made it past the third cut scene. We've complained about this. The only issue is the confirm buttons in the wrong freaking place. Remember I've talked about it on that, yep. this show before 
-hmm. PlayStation and the Xbox had the same button configurations for A and B or how that works as far as is like accept and cancel. And it's the opposite of Nintendo. And it drives me insane when flipping back and forth between the two. So while I was playing Monster Hunter Rise today, I kept hitting the wrong button. I was like, son, why is this not working? Ah! Oh, and then there are all these buttons. And our buddy Bert had to explain to me that in the center of the PlayStation controller, there's a button. Yeah. I didn't know there was a button there. I was like, oh, my heavens, what can I do? But very excited, looking forward to that. So that will be a huge time sink. So there's the video game wrap up from a board gaming podcast where we don't know a whole lot other than Marty watches about video games all the time. I think I watch more about video games than I do board games, to be honest honest with you. Uh, I'm watching how to get the special weapons in Valhalla. (laughs) Well, we've been sitting at the mics for quite a long time, so we're going to keep this outro short. We could have probably finished this up a long time if someone hadn't taken a pee break and watched the end of the baseball game. Don't lie to me. I know exactly what you Oh, that's exactly what I did. Yes, because our alma mater, NC State, is playing right now in the College World Series, and they just advanced to the semifinals. And I had to go watch the final out. Yes. And the reason why this matters to us is because many a time while we were at NC State, one of the best ways to go get a good suntan without having any sunscreen on was to go watch a ball game out at, uh, was it Doak? Doak Field. Mm-hmm. Doak Field, sit on those metal bleachers mm-hmm. in April. Oh, man. Do a little homework and watch a baseball game. God, I wish I did more of that. Dude, that was the life because both of our dorms, uh, your your dorm and my dorm is right across from each other, and the baseball field is right behind my dorm. So literally mm-hmm. walk out the dorm, go over to the ball field. I did that too, man. I took my homework, just sat out there and did homework and watched a ball game. Loved it. Such such, oh, such a great man. environment. Springtime in Raleigh, so nice. So smell the fresh cut grass from the ball field, doing mm-hmm. a little, I don't know, a little physics or whatever we were studying in the springtime. Probably doing some intramural softball because you and I played a lot of intramural softball during those oh, years. That's, what I, that's the first time I ever played co-ed softball was intramural sports. I was in charge of the co-ed team. Yep. We had to cheat. We had to draft some people. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean cheat? I couldn't find enough females uh-huh. at an engineering school to play softball, so I had to bring them over from uh, UNC. So they came over. Wait a minute, UNC? Yeah, they would drive over. I didn't and, realize um, they were from UNC. Oh yeah, that's okay. That's all right. But th- we only had one or two. But I had a few uh, ringers in there as well. But mm-hmm. it's not like the intramural bowling team I formed to get my shirt finally where I had two <laughs> semi-pro bowlers on it and I didn't that's a, that's a whole nother show that's a whole nother show uh, the things we did to try to win an intramural t-shirt what other intramural sports did you play I played volleyball did you ever play volleyball did not play volleyball basketball no, uh, I played oh basket oh yeah basketball was not good to me no. basketball I got thrown out of a couple games and was threatened <laughs> to be kicked out of the intramural league <laughs> I will say, uh, in sports, Tony can get a little riled up, especially in racquetball. I'll never forget. I'll never forget one night you came home from racquetball and your racket was basically in like two or three pieces, just being held together about uh, by the webbing. I'm like, what happened? And you said, I'll never forget it. Uh, I missed a play or made a bad play and I christened the front wall with the racket. (laughs) 
Hey, if you're going to play, play to win. And then you hung it on the wall as a reminder from then on. I will never forget that busted racquetball racket. Oh, a little anger management issues there. Not like I got now in board games. Oh, man. Yeah, let's see. Uh, There was racquetball. Uh, We didn't have intramural golf. We had bowling. We had... uh, you, you played volleyball. I did not do that. Softball constantly. Yep. Oh, man. Good times. Good times. But uh, they cannot compare to the times we are having now playing board games, especially when it comes to rolling dice and taking names. Thanks for listening, everybody. And don't forget, we have a contest going on right now for Name That Bit. So go check it out. Mondo Games, 10% off using code RDTN and check out our brand new t-shirts. See y'all next episode. I can go pee real quick. Go pee my butt. He's in there watching the NC State Wolfpack ball game. That's what he's doing. I know what he's doing. Making me wait around here on him. Crank up my switch. That's what I'm going to do.